Thanks to hits like The Mandalorian and Hamilton, Disney Plus has been one of the breakout success stories of this year. What does 2021 look like? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is media maven, Joan Salzman. Hi, Roger. Disney Plus has been having a huge year, uh, and the company is poised to hold an investor meeting on Thursday to preview what the service will look like in 2021. So, Joan, what are you expecting? Yeah, we're going to get pretty much the the layout of where Disney Plus goes from here. That could mean a number of things, but surely it's going to mean that we get a better sense of what programming is going to be coming to Disney Plus next year, um, as well as how Disney... I think Disney is going to kind of officialize the role that Disney Plus plays, not only in the pandemic and these extraordinary circumstances, but even after the pandemic, when um, things have... Whenever that may be, when things go back to semi-normal, the role that streaming generally is going to play for Disney's entire operation, everything that it touches on. That's a good point, because it seems like over this last year that they've been making some moves to really position Disney Plus as sort of the core of the business, right? It's really the future for this company. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the kind of question marks that we're going to be answering, not whether streaming is important to Disney, because they've said that they're going to realign like all their television programming infrastructure around the idea that streaming is the primary focus. Um, Disney, of course, everyone knows it for movies and the Marvel movies and Star Wars movies um, and for parks, but um, it also owns... ABC Broadcast Network, of course, it's Disney Channel's ESPN. Um, so we know that streaming is going to become the central programming tenet of how it approaches the content that it creates. But what we don't know is whether Disney Plus is going to be their numero uno primary focus, considering that they also have ESPN Plus and Hulu as other streaming services, in addition to a streaming service in India. And so I think this this event is also going to answer the questions, you know, do, do do they continue to have three services that operate separately in the U.S.? Do they wrap them all into one and have, you know, a giant, do they make it into more closely knit bundles? We really don't know how they're going to be approaching streaming, given that they have three services and have said that streaming is going to be such a high priority going forward. Got it. And this year saw the launch of Peacock, Discovery Plus, HBO Max, and of course the dearly departed Quibi. How did how did Disney Plus sort of stand above this crowded field? Because it, it, for me, it seemed like it was one of the clear winners this year. Nobody came close to Disney Plus. I mean, no, and that's not only in this past year when there have been when there's been such a frequency of new services launching. Like even any service that's launched before Disney Plus, no service has had as explosive a rollout as Disney Plus has. And there's a lot of reasons for that, um, and we can get into it. But really, you know, at this point, Disney Plus, it's at about one year since its launch, it hit 73 million subscribers. Now, that's still a far cry away from Netflix, which is, you know, head and shoulders way ahead of everybody at almost 200 million subscribers worldwide. But the things to keep in mind are, Disney got to 73 million in one year, and they also did it um, when other services that have been rolling out got to maybe 8 million, got to, um, in the case of Quibi, did so poorly that they shuttered, could be shuttered in like six months, seven months. Um, it's not It's not like you show up and launch a streaming service and you're guaranteed to just, you know, 
attract wafts and parades of people. Um, it's really hard to do, but Disney has, compared to anybody else that's launched a new streaming service, it's done leagues better than any anybody any other comer that has come before. Definitely. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with the Mandalorian, the buzz over Baby Yoda, and Star Wars in general. Marvel is its other big franchise, and we've yet to see any real original programming yet, but we will come January with WandaVision. Uh, in terms of this investor event, like, are we expecting to see more out of WandaVision as well as some of these other big Mar Marvel projects coming down the pike? Yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what they're going to be showing, but you can expect that we're going to get some, some something about WandaVision, which is coming up on January 15th. It's going to be released on Disney+. Plus. I'm sure they're going to want to show off footage from that to get people excited about it. We might have questions answered about when the other Marvel original series, these are the movies like, I'm sorry, these are the sh shows like WandaVision that are tightly knit within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The same actors that play characters in the movies are playing those characters on the series. And we still don't know when the... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show is going to be coming. We don't win, know when the Loki show is coming. There's a Hawkeye show coming. And then there's a whole slate that goes even beyond that, that we don't have any details on. So in terms of just specifically in Marvel, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of updates on that. Right. And the other big story in streaming last week was when HBO Max came out and dropped a bomb and said all of its Warner Media films in 2021, films like Suicide Squad and Dune, will drop on the service the same day as theaters. And I know this is it's pandemic related, so there are extraordinary circumstances around it. But what do you think that means for the industry? And how do you think Disney's going to react to that? I think that Disney probably already had a game plan in place about what they're going to do for their gigantic big budget tentpole movies next year. Um, the question is whether or not they adapt that plan based on the fact that a week before what you know that plan was going to be announced this Thursday no matter what and the question is one week before that event when HBO and Warner Brothers announced that not only will they be releasing all their all their movies next year on streaming they're also going to make it free with no extra costs on H HBO Max so you don't have to pay for example with Disney Plus the structure they kind of set out that they might do is their Mulan release when the live action update to Mulan couldn't really be released in theaters in you know the traditional blockbuster style way um they released it on Disney Plus the same day that it was in theaters but they charged an extra $30 fee in order to stream it so it was available what's known as day and date that's when streaming home video and theatrical release are at the same time. It was available day and date, but you had to pay a lot more money to get it. What Disney has said and what Disney's CEO hinted is that they've learned a lot from that Mulan release and they expect to give us, give everyone an update on what, what they called premiere access, what that's going to look like going forward. Will that mean that they'll continue to stick with this $30 price point? Will that mean that they've, they're going to release only their biggest, biggest, biggest movies with an extra fee? Or are they going to follow suit from HBO Max and just say, hey, we're not going to make you charge a fee at all. We're going to put it on Disney Plus for everyone to watch as soon as it's available. We just don't know exactly those details, but I'm sure we're going to get some clarity about what to expect with all these movies that people are really missing. Yeah, I know when that $30 fee for Mulan was announced, it, it stirred up a bit of controversy. A lot of the gut reaction was, why am I paying $30 on top of this subscription fee? But uh, And I don't know if they've actually talked about this. Maybe you know more, but 
have we got any indication of how well Mulan actually did and if that was actually a blueprint for success or you know if that if that thirty dollars fee did scare people away? This I mean, this question touches on one of the frustrating elements about movies like Mulan or like a Marvel movie going to streaming. And that's, you know, we don't it's a black box in a way. It's not entirely a black box, but it's not like when a movie is in theaters, those box office reports, you know, you can't fudge them. You can't lie about them and you can't keep them secret either. Like it's just like out there. People know if a movie tanked or if a movie was a smash success because it's we have those metrics. But when something goes straight to streaming, we don't know. We don't really know, except for what Disney has told us. And they haven't told us anything specific about how Mulan did. They've said general things that tech companies, you know, from the tech world, they like to say, like, we're very pleased with the response and like it delighted customers and blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't really tell us what their expectations were and whether or not Mulan exceeded those expectations or failed to reach them. Got it. And, and any advice for for this Thursday event, uh, if they're tuning in or they're looking forward to seeing a flood of trailers or, you know, sneak peeks into these upcoming shows, any advice for them or, or warning? Because these things tend to be more investor focused. Like, what, what are you expecting or what can these folks expect? Yeah, it'll definitely be, um, it's an investor day. And if past is any precedent, then it'll be a very long presentation. Maybe not as long as, I don't know, we're used to Apple presentations with go on for like what feels like four years. So it won't, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be a long presentation, but there will be, it's designed for an audience of analysts, investors, and press. Um, And so it's not meant to be a consumer event. That said, even though there will be an emphasis on things like projections for subscriber growth and like you know, um, what is it? ARPU, words that like normal people don't care about at all. This is Disney, like show business is their business and they know how to impress people. However, the caveat to that is they know how to impress people, but the only people they're really interested in impressing are people that have a private access link to the full feed of their presentation. They will have a public feed of the presentation, but that public feed is going to be blacking out probably the things that most normal people would find most interesting. The teasers, the sneak peek footage, any trailers, any, um, sometimes they've had feature, like little featurettes um, about uh, a big series. Last year when they had an investor presentation, they had a little featurette about how they made Mandalorian before Mandalorian, you know, six months before Mandalorian was seen by anybody in the public. And so the good stuff that people really want to watch, they won't be getting on this feed unless you're among that small group of people they got a direct invitation. Finally, though, what I will say, the other thing is that Disney has said they're going to push out the images and videos that they have cleared by all their like lawyers. They're going to push those out after the conclusion of this public stream. So if you are looking for big dumps of trailers, teasers, sneak peeks, sizzles, those sort of things, then Thursday night, there should be some activity. Uh, that's good to know that they're that. Folks aren't going to go completely empty-handed after this event ends. Um, and in terms of the event itself, what what time is it, and how do folks tune into it? 
Yeah, if you do want to tune in to the live event itself, it's on Thursday afternoon. It's 1.30 p.m. PT for me on uh, Eastern Time. That's 4.30, of course. Um, and it will be streamed on the investor relations page, unless you are one of those people that's an investor, an analyst, or me. Um, I'll get a direct link so I get to see everything, and I'll be CNET and the rest of us, we're all going to be tweeting out everything that we see and I'll be reporting as much as I can. Um, but if you want to see that blacked out feed that has those portions that are censored, that's on the Disney Investor Relations page. Got it. Well, thank you very much for your time, John. I look forward to seeing all of your tweets and the recap of the various uh, juicy footage we'll be seeing on Thursday. You can check out all of our CNET Plus coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. To the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.